Hello and welcome to episode 115 of the Pen Addict on 5x5. My name is Mike Hurley and I'm joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. As always, the Pen Addict is a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper and the analogue tools that we love so dearly. Hello, Brad. What's up, jerk face? I can't believe you killed the Pen Addict podcast. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> what did you do, Mike? Uh, I definitely um, didn't communicate things in the best possible way. <laughs> you think? <laughs> so, first, let's let's talk about what you're talking about for anybody that doesn't know yet. Of, I'm sure there will be there will be a handful, and then. Um, let me explain the the, the jerk faceness. So, <laughs> um, this show is currently a part of Five by Five at Five by Five TV. Previously, it was a part of Seventy Decibels, which is a podcast network that that I founded and, and ran for for eighteen months. We have been part of Five by Five for eighteen months. That is clearly my uh, schedule. <laughs> As we are we are leaving Five by Five. I I am leaving Five by Five personally. Um, I am depart. It is currently today, as we record, the fifteenth of July, two thousand and fourteen. I will be departing on July sixteenth, two thousand and fourteen. So tomorrow, as we record this, um, and I'm dragging all of these suckers down with me. Um, so mm-hmm. all of my current shows that I record, so this one, Directional, uh, Command Space, and the Prompt, will be ending with their final episodes this week. Command Space ended last week. Um, and so we are going to be ceasing operation of these shows. Um, I am working on something new, which will be ready very, very soon. I don't want to say too much. However, the Pen Addict will continue as part of this new venture. So you don't need to do anything. I'm working with Dan Benjamin, uh, the owner and operator of 5x5, um, on having the feeds transferred over. If there is any problem with that, then there's a couple of things that you should go and do. Like, So let's say, for example, something breaks and you don't get a new show in like a month's time or two months' time or 18 years' time. It's not going to be that <laughs> long. It's, you know, it's in hand, let's say. Um, what you want to do is a couple of things first. You should follow us both on Twitter because obviously we'll be yelling about it. I'm iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and Brad is Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. Or read the fantastic penaddict.com blog. In the show notes today as well, which are at 5x5.tv slash penaddict slash 115, you'll find two links. You'll find a link to my personal homepage and a link to the blog post that explains all about what's going on in the essence of the fact that we're leaving, which you now already know. Um, there is also a mailing list there. Now, that is a really great way because you don't need to look out for anything other than read your email. And what I'm going to do is that a mailing list serves one purpose. Um, it will not become my marketing email list afterwards. It is literally saying the new thing is ready and it will be launching on X date, just so you know. But... However, your feed, the current feed that you're subscribed to, should switch over and you should still get your lovely pen pen addict-y goodness going into the future. But what that means is there will be a short period of time, not very very long at all, a few episodes maybe in in, in regular time, where there will not be an episode of The Pen Addict. Um, We'll take a very short break, but we will be back, I promise. And I hope that you will all continue to listen to the show in its new and improved form. Absolutely. So, yay, you're not a jerk face after all. Well, the reason that I'm a jerk face is because basically in my um, original blog post, I stated that all of my current shows are coming to an end. 
on 5x5, which technically they are. Yes. Um, the only one that is is uh, going to be continuing in its like regular form, current form, name and all, is the Pen Addict. Right. Um, because it's the Pen Addict, right? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, but I needed to make that more clear that that show would be continuing. Um, everything else <laughs> will be kind of rebooted, I guess is the way to look at it. But the Pen yes. Addict will, will live on and it will... So the next episode will be 116, um, is the current plan. Yep. Is to, to keep the numbers and to keep the back catalogue available to everyone and stuff like that. The one thing that you may see is like um, on the day of switchover, this is just a forewarning, on the day of switchover, you may see duplicates of your episodes. There won't be like... 50 new episodes published in a day, but you may get like old episodes reappear. But yeah, your feed might get hammered on the, the yeah. initial cutover. So I want to apologize in advance for that in case that happens. Yep. These things happen because if you're moving from one system to another, um, the feed will, will look like it's got new episodes in it. Even yeah, though but yeah they get all they are is, is new kind of thing. Exactly. All they are is manual recreations. There's nothing mm-hmm. I can do to stop that from happening. Right, and that's just a one-time... One-time deal. Yeah, and that's what you pay for not having to resubscribe. Like, you know. Yep. And I, I think, for me personally, that, that balances out. So, you do not need to panic. I'm sorry for everybody that I did panic. Um, the post has now been updated to state that the pen addict will remain <laughs> 100% unchanged and the other shows will be going through some changes. Good. All for the good, by the way. Oh, yeah. All excellent stuff. Brad knows what's happening and he ha- he likes it, so you can trust him. Yep. Uh, it's difficult to explain all this message because of the, how vague I'm being of everything, and I apologize for that. But I thought it's the right thing to do. I don't want to give too much, and then you know I don't want to overpromise, underdeliver that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there yeah. So, um, short version is nothing's happening with me and, and Mike and the Panatic Podcast. Um, sorry, we set off the the alarm bells and the and the panic tweets and emails. Um, last week, but we will be continuing on as normal. There's just going to be a few week gap between this episode and last and the next episode, I should say. But in the end, it's uh, it's going to be all good and even better. Yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff that we're working on that's going to make this show better for everyone. Um, so I think that everyone's going to really enjoy it, and it's going to be well worth uh, any panic aggravation or <laughs> upset yeah yeah so i think we got it we got it cleared up by the next day i put a post out on the blog you know just saying hey you know this is you know just get we're gonna have a few weeks off and then uh we'll be we'll be back and better than ever so no worries and um you know i'm excited about your new venture i'm excited and proud to be a part of it and that you've asked me to be a part of it and um you know, it's it's onward and upward from here. You know, it's uh, it's sometimes these changes are you got to you know get past that initial little little pain point, and then you know it's just straight up from there. Exactly. It was actually Dan that pointed out to me. He was like, "You should change your blog post because people are freaking <laughs> out about the pen addict." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, good, good point, boss." I woke up. I woke up to it, and it's like, oh, I can't believe it's leaving. I was like, wait, that's not the plan. Yeah. <laughs> I knew the plan going into it. Then I went and read your blog, blog post. And I was like, you know, that's not very clear. It makes it sound like the pen addict's going away. Yeah, I mean, because no. technically, but, it's true. They are all ending, right. and yes. then they're like starting again, including this show. But it's got it, everything's remaining the same with it. But yes. we are like, it's a weird thing. Yeah, just. Uh, Everyone will be happy in the end. The phoenix will rise and uh, it'll all be good. Yep, definitely. 
So I hope everyone stays along. Yes, please, please do. And if you have any questions, get in touch with us, Mike said Al. And um, yeah, we, we'd love to hear from you. But um, no panics, no no freaking out, just a few week hiatus. Um, but uh, hopefully uh, it won't be too long. So yep. there you have it. And if you have any questions, just let us know. But, Basically, um, we're only doing this to give your wallets a break for a few weeks. <laughs> Yeah, some people will probably appreciate it, right? And keep your keep your wives and husbands happy. Yes, that's true. Although I'll still be riding on the pin act as normal, so I'll I'll ding the wallets a little bit, but not as much. Yeah, I dinged my wallet this weekend in a, in a whole new way, Mike. I was uh, I was invited by a couple of online friends. Uh, Scott from the Studio Temporary is who put this together. And if that name does not ring a bell to you or any listeners. Um, anyone who's part of the Field Nuts group, um, that's how kind of I first met Scott. He did the he's part of the Field Nuts group on Facebook. He did the logo for the Field Nuts group. Um, if anyone has seen the Fountain Pen Day um, stickers and badges um, going around, like Scott did that design for the Fountain Pen Day. He did this great um, USA T-shirt design um, a couple months ago that um, went out. So Scott is uh, a Georgia native, um, like myself and like Jeff. And he'd been wanting to meet up with me, you know, just to just to chat really for a while. And he was going up to a flea market in Atlanta this past weekend. And I was going up to Atlanta to meet Jeff to do some knock work. And we worked it out where myself and Jeff met Scott at the at the ironically, the Scott's flea market uh, unrelated. (laughs) And he had a couple other friends there, uh, Zach and Beth from Zach and Beth dot co other designers in the uh, Atlanta area. We had kind of a little meet up there, which was awesome. It was it was great meeting, great meeting other people, and uh, it, it it was fun, um, you know, putting a face face to the voice or to the to the text or everything that we've been we've been sharing. So, you know, we Scott goes up there temp, uh, on a frequent basis to kind of get design inspiration, right? He's a designer. You know, the people he was meeting up, Zach and Beth, they were designers. Some other people met him up there. Um, they're all designers, so they kind of get. Um, you know, inspiration from like vintage flea market finds and, you know, just cool design inspiration, cool things. And, you know, I figured I'd go and, and bounce around there a little bit and see what I could find too. And, you know, it wasn't much at first and it wasn't much at all in, in the end game, but I did stumble across a few little, um, Esterbrook nibs. Hmm. So I was pretty excited about that. So I did, uh, I did buy some Esterbrook nibs. I got, I put a, a link into the show notes, um, to where, you know, I just came across, um, you know, if anyone's, most people have been to a flea market or like a junk sale or anything, it's just, I mean, some of these tables is just piles of stuff. Like you can't see the bottom of the table or the bottom of their bins that they're in. Right. So it's part of the hunt is trying to find this stuff. And I wasn't looking too hard, but the Esterbrook nib boxes are small, but they're pretty noticeable. Like you get there, this red and white look that's um, you can kind of notice it from afar, uh, despite their small size. So I found three Esterbrook nibs. I got all three of them for five bucks, which was a really good deal. Um, you know they they were kind of dirty and you know old ink is they've been soaking for a day or two, and I've getting them all getting them all cleaned up. But they look like they're in really good shape, and this. Uh, this could be a new little problem for me because we've talked about Esterbrook nibs and how they are, there's such a huge number of them, right? I mean, there's, there might, 
be hundreds or, you know, maybe 90 different nib styles that can fit into, you know, a single Esterbrook pen. Um, you know, one of my blogging friends um, at Fountain Pen, Fountain Pen Quest, um, is that Ron? I'm blanking, I apologize, his name. Um, but at Fountain Pen Quest, he's been going through, he's got a whole, whole slew of Esterbrook nibs, and he's going through the refill, um, and going through the reviews of each nib. Um, and they're all listed by number. It'll be like 1558, fine point, you know, things like that. So if you're interested in Esterbrook nibs, and there's a bunch of people that um, collect these and shop for these, um, fpquest.com, and we'll have the link in the show notes to his Esterbrook nibs page. He's he's done probably 20 separate Esterbrook nib reviews so far, um, which is pretty cool. It's uh, Esterbrook did a really neat thing in doing this and trying to fill kind of everyone's needs um at one in one shot you know they have the pen and they made obviously thousands hundreds of thousands if not millions of pens but then they allowed for you to swap out these nibs and it was very unique at the time you know back in the 30s 40s 50s when this was a popular thing um to be able to have all these different nib options for your pens so who knows you know maybe it's a uh, uh a gotta catch them all thing for me like you know the field notes <laughs> field notes have been or, or things like that so it's uh do, do you don't own an Esterbrook mic do you I don't know yeah I think that's a pen you would actually really like hmm. um anyone who's ever tried one of mine um has enjoyed it um I've given one to Jeff he's enjoyed it it's just kind of it's a very practical pen um, it's very, it's generally inexpensive to purchase one. Like you can get a brand new one that's been refurbished and ready to write nib, you know, rebuilt for like $40 max. I mean, they're very reasonably priced for such an old pen and they're just quality, quality pens and, um, really good looking, really fun pens to use. So that's something you should put on your, your radar one day. Or if I come across a good, uh, good example, maybe I'll pick one up for you and, and send it your way. Cause I think you would actually enjoy that pen knowing what, uh, the type of things you like. Yeah. I mean, if there's a specific one I should be looking for, then let, let me know. Okay. That's, that's the thing about the Esterbrook is they're all kind of good. They're all just same general ballpark design. There's obviously different model names, numbers, and you know, I need to get Brian Anderson on this show. You know, as an that's another one I'm adding to the list. My yeah, list is let growing. Let Brian, let help me. Yeah, he's the guru. He's uh, Mr. Esterbrook. Um, he actually runs a website outside of Anderson Pens called Esterbrook.net, where he is. He's one of the most well-known Esterbrook collectors um, on the planet. So we'll get him on the show um, soon. Um, in our in our relaunch, I'll put him towards the top of the list. I got a bunch of other people. I'm. Uh, going to get lined up for that too so what was the name of his the website that he makes i believe it's just esterbrook.net so pull that up real quick and that's that's him that's brian it's brian he is he is the king of the esterbrook so mr anderson mr anderson so yeah these nibs not only are the pens like highly collectible and people like to collect them because they're reasonably priced the the nibs are are like a a completely separate challenge just from the just from the pen barrels themselves. I mean, it's like you know, there's different rarities of some nibs are harder to find than others, and it becomes you know, some are very common. Like most of the ones I got are just common nibs. Like you know, like if I was at a pen show buying those nibs, like I got all three of these for five dollars, they'd probably be like 
$10 each at a pin show. So sure, I got a good deal on them, but they're not exactly, you know, it wasn't like the score of the century type of thing. But um, yeah, that's definitely an, an addiction type of thing that could happen. So we'll see. We'll see. You need another um, one of those. So. Yeah, that's just what I need is is more ways to light my wallet on fire. <laughs> and then, you know, as is usual, you doing that causes me to go into that route, causes everybody else. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These, that's yep. how these things work. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, all, it's always a problem. So anyway, I had a fun time meeting Scott and Zach and yeah. Beth. And, you know, I had my kids and Jeff had his wife. So we had a big we had a big to do at the uh, at the at Scott's flea market and um, studio temporary Scott. And, you know, he's got a picture of us on up on uh, Instagram. You can check it out. And uh, it was a good time. And I actually have kind of gotten the bug of trying to find things like, you know, vintage ink bottles and things like that at these these flea markets so that that's a whole whole uh whole nother topic for another day but you know I was, I was up in tennessee and picked up a little uh little carter's ink bottle which was very neat and um you know so it's um getting back into these uh, old vintage things at flea markets i'm gonna end up becoming a a junk hunter which is the last thing i'm sure my wife wants is me loading up the house with you know, coming home with, you know, boxes full of junk that I've, I've picked up at a flea market for probably no good reason at all. So I'd be interested to know if, if anyone else has this problem where they, you know, search out um, flea markets, estate sales, you know, just go and kind of kind of junking and finding, you know, good old pens, nibs, accessories, things like that. So it seems like a, a pretty cool thing to do. So there's something that I wanted to point out before we move on to the pen blog of the week that, that we mm-hmm. haven't discussed beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a new product on this little web store that I'm a fan of, mm-hmm. um, which is your lovely website. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, was, I couldn't figure out where you were going, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I like to I like to to, cr- to create some uh, mystery. Yes. So uh, our friends at Karis Customs have worked mm-hmm. with you guys at Notco to create uh, a pen in, where you're basically showing your love for the United Kingdom, which is really nice. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you appreciate that. Uh, and you've you've got a special colorway um, of like you know a, a nice color option of a basically red, silver, and blue. So you know mm-hmm. it's pa- patriotic to many nations. Yes. Um, so what? Go, tell tell me more about that. Yeah. So what we've done. So. There's a thing with running when, you know, when we started this business, it's given us the freedom to do the things we want to do. And that sounds kind of overly simplistic, but, you know, we want to carry, you know, obviously not just our pin cases, which we're obviously fans of, um, we want to carry other people's products that we find interesting. And not just that is we want to be able to collaborate with these people. Um, you know, in the case of when we launched, we collaborated with Mike Dudek to make our idea doc for our index cards. And then, you know, we had always planned to do something with Dan at Karis customs and we had never finalized what that was going to be. Um, and Dan sent us this pen um, as a thank you. And we're like, that's it. That's, that's the one we need to carry. 
And so we got with Dan, we worked on the details of getting, it's basically the G2 Render K, which the Render K model is, is probably still my favorite single Keras Customs model. But it's got a, it's an all aluminum pen. It's got the silver aluminum body. It's got a red tip and it's got a blue cap and it came out really good. Really, really, really good. Um, so we've gotten a lot of good feedback on that. And those are the kind of things you can expect from us. Like that's not a limited item. We're going to, we're working with Dan. That's going to be like our Keras customs pen. Like you're only going to be able to get that from us. And the idea doc from Mr. Dudak, you're only going to be able to get that from us. And we want to work with people who we believe in and they, it's kind of like a mutual, mutually beneficial thing, right? I mean, we love their products. We love working with them and we want to be able to, to come together and create these new things um, for our customers. So we are super excited to do that. And we've gotten lots of good feedback on that. It just went up on the site yesterday. Um, we didn't have a huge inventory of them yet um, because Dan only had a, a certain amount of parts in, but that's going to be a regular item for us. And there's going to be a lot more standard items we'll carry. There'll be a lot more special items like the Render K and Idea Doc will carry. Um, we've got some good things coming in. Hopefully, we're going to be able to put up on the site next week. So it's just kind of um, we're starting. We haven't hit our stride yet, but things are starting to you know the 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 ball's rolling a little bit um, where we're able to do these kind of things that we had planned in the back of our head. So here's a question I have for you. Sure. Because I've yet to make an order from the new store. Because there's a few things that I want, mm -hmm. um, including the zipper pulls, stickers, and the note cards. Mm -hmm. And now one of these things. And I've just, <laughs> I've just built an order up. And you said there's more stuff coming next week. Shall I wait? Like, you um, know me personally. Shall I wait? For you specifically, I would say no. Okay. For other people, maybe. Intriguing. Mm-hmm. 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 I actually as well. I, it's it's a maybe. It's not a definitely for you. It's a maybe. Maybe wait, but for you, probably not knowing you. All right, we don't usually you. do this, but let's talk after the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like Man, I, I usually you Brad doesn't tell me anything. Like usually oh, yeah. I have I don't know that any of this stuff is happening. <laughs> yeah, that These was guys like, don't tell me anything. No. But that was the, like so unfair to all our listeners. <laughs> Well, but it seems like this. Well, I'm actually about to give you some money, so yeah, maybe it's best if I find out if I if I should be doing that. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> you won't have to wait long, people. Don't worry. It's, don't it's worry. already it's but, already uh, nearly next week. Yeah, but regardless, um, Jeff and I are excited to do these. We want to get into other things besides pin cases, and that includes you know the whole gamut of stationary items so you'll be seeing more from us um along these lines as we as we move forward and continue to grow hopefully so yeah it's very very cool so i do have a pin blog of the week which is another um top secret facebook groupie kind of thing like the field nuts is the erasable podcast our friends uh Andy, Tim, and Johnny from the Erasable Podcast, they created a podcast Facebook group for anyone who's on Facebook. And I told Andy I would mention that because um, that, they just started it like two weeks ago or so. So they're just getting started on it. And if you're on Facebook and a fan of pencils or a fan of their, their podcast, um, hit them up, join them. And I also wanted to mention that 
during our hiatus, I will be joining the gang at the Erasable podcast for an episode here in two weeks. I will be on, they just released episode number 10 today with our friend Anna Reinert. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it's spectacular as always. And I will be on episode number 11. So um, everyone who listens to the Erasable podcast, you can uh, you can talk me about pencils um, in, in the coming weeks and uh, I will be making an appearance on there. So I will let you know when that happens. So I will be popping my head up from under underground in your ears um, during our little break from recording the pen attic. So, and if, and if anyone, anyone else has a pod, podcast that wants me to, uh, I, I've got a few weeks spare time. So hit me up. <laughs> that now's the time. Me too, yeah. by the way, actually, uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be so lost. <laughs> I know you're not going to, not going to know what to do without a, a week, a weekly recording schedule. It's really going to freak me out. Um, if you don't subscribe to Erasable, um, and you're going to be sad that we're not going to be around for a couple of weeks, well, now surely is the perfect time to go to go subscribe to Erasable yep. because you're going to get your you're going to get your fix. That's right. So I think and they're doing a, they're doing a really good job. It's a very informative uh, podcast. I've learned a lot so far. So that that is my that is the the Panatic top tip of the day. Subscribe yep. to Erasable. Uh, erasable yes. is that erasable.us right is the, the yeah URL? that's their website and the you know the shows in itunes and you can catch it in your favorite podcatcher of course yep yep so i got a couple bits i wanted to follow up from my inbox um this week a little bit um a few of the things are new a few of the things are follow-up from last week and one in particular really struck home and it's from uh, Mel. She lives in Japan, and her and I have exchanged, um, you know, emails several times over the months. And you know, she checks in with me every few months, and and kind of gives me a heads up and some feedback. Or she finds some new things over in Japan. She always taunts me with, and she likes to do that. But she made a good point. She she said the thing I was trying to say with my butcher orange field notes. Um, when we talked about that last week and my deciding to use it and fill it up and just use it like a regular notebook, it was hard to put into words like why I wanted to do it. Um, and I don't know if I necessarily get it, did a good job, but one of her replies in the email, she was just commenting on the podcast as a whole and mentioned the Butcher Orange segment. She said her quote was, by using it, it is now truly yours and you fulfilled its purpose. And I thought that was pretty spot on mm. for why I chose to use this book. This is what it was made for. And it's not truly mine until I put my stamp on it, you know, filling it up, writing in it. And I have not done right by its purpose, which was to hold all those ideas and thoughts that were mine. Um, so now I've fulfilled those things. I fulfilled the purpose of this notebook and I thought that was the right way to put it. Um, and so I, th I thought that was pretty cool. And because I, I don't, I could never get those. I don't think I ever got those words out specifically on the why I just knew that it felt right. I didn't necessarily have the words to say. And, um, I thought Mel put that in a, um, in a good in a good way. So I, I think you probably agree with that, Mike. That sounds like uh, something right up your alley. That is, I read that in the document and like sort of did a fist pump. Like, yep. 
like I, I feel that way about so many things. Like you can look after products, and I do, and I take care of a bunch of things. But like my uh, laptop, rest in peace. Currently, uh, <laughs> if anybody, I, I, I spilled. Yeah, you got to tell. You got to tell this. Tell the quick story now. I knocked over a, a glass of um, soda into my laptop yesterday, and uh, it instantly shut off. Which my friend Stephen tells me uh, means that the logic board is probably fried, um, and it's going to be picked. Luckily, the, our home insurance will cover it. So even though it's accidental damage, they cover it. We pay extra for it. So finally, it's used. Mm. Um, and then, uh, so now we have them coming to collect it on thursday and it I, I take about two weeks and i'll either get it repaired or um a new one but yeah I, I cover my laptop in stickers i'll put a link in the show notes to a Flickr group that Stephen created which shows my um what i consider beautiful but many consider hideous laptop <laughs> which i may lose and never see again which is really sad too um, because if if they replace it with a new one, if they can't fix it, then they're not going to give me that back, which kind of sucks. But mm-hmm. hey, yeah, you were really upset about it. I mean, we were talking before the show. You're like, I the all the stickers and the things I've done to personalize this mean a lot to me. Right? It, I'm yeah, I'm really upset about it, like a mm-hmm. lot, because I all of the stickers that are on my laptop they mean something to me. Mm-hmm. So. I've chosen them all specifically, and it, and so now, and it's all it's a lot of the things that I love, or things that I've made, or stuff like that. Right. So it now kind of feels like a visual representation of my personality, mm-hmm. and it would really suck for that to just go away. And there's a strong chance that it will because everybody's telling me that what the signs that it's shown show that it's destroyed. Like one sticker is a sign sticker from my one of my favorite music artists, Jonathan, Jonathan Colton. Well, mm-hmm. I, the, many of the others I can repurchase or I still have some, but that one, that's gone. Like, oh, there's, a Scott, there's a couple of Scott Pilgrim stickers. Oh, I'm looking mm-hmm. at the pictures now, Brad. It's making me <laughs> sad, so I've closed the tab. Oh, no. But I it's, a, it's in up. the show notes. But yeah, All so... Right. But I, I agree with the idea. If you use something, you've made it yours, and you've and and again, you've you've the purpose of that notebook was solely created to have notes written in it. Right. Right. So, so yeah. I thought that was a good point. So to get your to get your mind off your uh, your unfortunately fried notebook, um, Mel has also gone on to her email to um to make fun of me. Um, which is is everyone's favorite pastime and something I quite enjoy myself because uh, you know you can always learn something from that. But um, as I said, she's in Japan. She says, "Can I be picky about your Japanese pronunciation again?" Um, and these are <laughs> the, the sailor inks. The sailor inks are some very strong Japanese words that I completely butcher, and um, I will continue to butcher. So I'm always open for uh, pronunciation feedback, as we've always been since we started this podcast. Um, you know, our French and German has uh, has been very rough, and my Japanese as well. So I used two new sailor inks last week when we were talking about refilling my fountain pens, and the orange I put in my rotring, she says, is pronounced Ken Mokse if I'm reading that right, and hopefully she'll listen and see how I did on that. 
And the purple I put in my Edison Perlet is Shigure. So hopefully I pronounce those better this time around. What do you think, Mike? How did I do? I have no idea. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, it sounds um, it sounds great, but I, I do have correct. some follow up. I do have some follow up that on the the Ken Moxay. When I reviewed that, I said it was almost identical to the Sailor Apricot, which is my favorite orange. Right. And I put that in the Rotring, and last night was the first night I've used it since I did the refill. Holy cow! Is that the perfect ink for that pen? So I will try. To, I don't have a. I don't have a link to that to in. You know, I don't have a picture of that in Instagram or on Twitter or anything. But I'll do that. I'm gonna do. A, I've already uh, reviewed the ink, so you can go back and look at how great the ink color is. But you know, I've talked about how I almost how I concern myself about finding the right ink for the pen. I think that's the ink for that pen, and I, I'm excited about it. <laughs> it sounds stupid, but I was like. Holy cow, this is it. This is perfect. This is the exact ink that should be in this pen all the time. And that Rotring Lava nib, medium nib, I never thought I would like it so much. It is so good. It um, it writes really, really well. So I need to do a follow-up on that. I don't know that I've ever reviewed that pen completely, but now that it's got this ink in it, I think it's the time because I'm really excited about it. And I think this is going to be – this is also why I want to switch out my pens and inks frequently because you learn things about the products you already have, right? These things have been sitting around my house for months, this ink and this pen. But until I push the reset button on my pen and ink carry, I didn't have this combination. And now it's the one for that for that pen. So I'm pretty excited about that. As lame as that sounds, out of all those pens I refilled and started carrying last week, that's the one I'm most excited about. And that's the one that's going to stay in the rotation probably longer than every other pin in there. So it's very, very cool. Now I got another email from a gentleman named Tim. And he brought up a topic that seems really obvious, but I've never mentioned it before because I've never really thought about it in this way. And his the premise is basically slim fountain pens versus wide fountain pens. So let me read his email real quick, or just a little piece of it. He says, why are fountain pens so fat? I personally get turned off by how fat many, many fountain pens are. I've been considering the Lamy C1 Titanium, and it's so slim and sleek, I may have to drop some money on one soon. The Pilot Cavalier seems interesting as well. What do you think about slim fountain pens versus fat? So I never thought of it that way, but in general, fountain pens do have wider bodies than you know, their gel or ballpoint pen counterparts, right? I mean, they have more, they have to fit more on the inside of a fountain pen than, you know, a skinny refill and a tip in a ballpoint pen. You know, they have the nib, which is wide, the feed that, that you know, transfers the ink from the inkwell or the cartridge or the converter. You know, there's a lot of internals going on in a fountain pen that make them a little bit wider than your standard everyday pen that you might see. Um, and I haven't used a lot of skinny pens. I'll do, I do have a Lamy CP one, which is similar to the one that he's mentioning that I've yet to review. And I actually didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like the slimmer fountain pen. Um, and I don't know why it's something I need to think about a little bit more, but have in the pens that you have, Mike, I think 
knowing what you have. I think generally you pretty much everything's like a standard fountain pen. You know, it's a normal wide. You don't have a skinny fountain pen, do you? No, I don't have a skinny. Well, I don't think, I can't think of anything I consider to be Mm -hmm. skinny. I mean, obviously I have a larger than life fountain pen and the Franklin Christoph that you got me. Right. Um, But I don't have anything that, that I can think of that would be considered skinny. Yeah, so I have the Lamy CP1, which I need to review. One I think that's kind of in between that I do enjoy is the Sailor Regulus, which I reviewed. It's a good-looking orange Sailor pen um, with a steel nib that writes really, really fine. That's something to consider on the Slim Fountain Pen front. It's not as skinny as the Cavalier or the Lamy CP1. Um Outside of those, I don't know that I have anything less than, say, just a traditional fountain pen width. It's slim fountain pens were more prevalent back in, I don't know, the early 1900s, mid 1900s. Used to see a lot of, like, every brand had, like, a slim or skinny model. It seemed like between Waterman, Parker, um, you know, a, a bunch of the bunch of those companies always had you could, and you can still find some of the skinnier vintage models along with their standard models. And then I think as the years have gone by, you know, I the tendency of the pen designs have been wider instead of skinnier. I'm trying to think of any other modern pens besides that the Cavalier or the Lamy that um, that I have even used other than the Sailor Regulus. That's about all that comes to mind. So if anyone has any suggestions about a slim fountain pen, that's good. Um, that's current. That's a modern. That would you would consider a modern fountain pen. Let me know because I'd, I'd just be interested in seeing uh, what I'm what I'm overlooking um, right now. So I got another a different email. Uh, a gentleman named John. He says this is this is another question. Had a good um, had some good um, brain thinking type questions that I haven't considered, which is why I love, you know, people reaching out with their email questions so much. Lots of, lots of points I haven't considered when uh, getting some of these emails. It really makes me think. So John says, I bought a Pelican 205 from Pen Chalet when they first sponsored Pen Attic and could not get it to write smoothly from the start. After researching new pen problems, I cleaned the pen well and there was some improvement. It says, I've been using the pen for three months plus and slowly the steel nib Steel nib is bedding in and writing better. My Lamy Safari worked great from day one. I've bought several vintage pens. Schaefer and Parker all write smoothly. Perhaps you can do a Twitter poll of most reliable new pen buys for a show topic sometime. So I think what he's saying is, what brand of pen have you come across that consistently works the best right out the gate? I think is kind of what John's getting at. And I thought about this for a little bit and I thought of two, I thought of two things, one on the, one on the good side and one on the not so good side. So the pens I've had the best experience with from a reliability standpoint, right from the moment I've purchased them to immediately using them the first time and they've worked right away, all my pilot pens seem to nail that i don't recall ever having issues with pilot pen barrels pilot pen nibs um, ink cartridges converters 
anything that and that's why they're one of my favorite brands i guess if i'm putting you know all the pieces together put of the puzzle right now you know maybe that's why i enjoy pilots so much because it always works right out the box i've never had any questionable pilot products and i have a lot of pilot pens and i don't recall ever having one where i've been like something's not quite right here or this nib's not doing what i want let me get it fixed or just something in you know the clip being loose or something you know with the physical build of the pen so reliability standpoint i think pilot has kind of is kind of at the top of that list for me now i don't have a huge huge range of experience with just a majority of you know all the pen brands that are out there but on the down the flip side lamy is actually the one that i've has been the least reliable for me um and that's just in a general perspective like my lamy 2000 you know the i had lots of problems with that nib um when it first came when i first received it and that's one that always stuck in my head that right out the gate you know that lamy kind of really that's never stopped me from buying any lamy products because in the big picture they're really good their quality control is really good um but you know i'm not the only one to have problems with the lamy 2000 i've personally never had problems with kaveco a lot of people have had problems with kaveco nibs i am one of them yeah and uh, jeff abbott um that writes for me at the pen addict he's had a problem with his nibs kaveco nibs I've probably got 10 Kaveco nibs, never had a problem. So it's traditional, your mileage may vary. I think with all the big manufacturers in general, you're going to have a good experience. And, you know, there are some outliers, you know. Um, I know Twisby, I'm obviously a huge fan of. And they, you know, some people have physical problems with their pins you know the piston not you know sealing all the way down or cracking in the section um all these big pin companies they stand behind their pins like twisby they you know they're happy to fix your pins of course it's frustrating that okay maybe it shouldn't happen in the first place but all these pin companies they're going to stand behind their products so if you do have a problem reach out to the vendor that you purchased it from or reach out to the manufacturer sometimes it's quicker to go straight through that way but do you have any like in the the main brands, Mike, do you have any good or bad? Like, do you, you know, you're always happy with a certain pen or certain brands have been just a frustration from the get-go and you don't think it should be? Um, I've never had a problem with any Retro 51 products um, from a reliability standpoint. There have been a couple of other things that I don't like as much as others, but not because they've been broken. And I bought a bunch of stuff from that brand from a bunch of different vendors. I mean, I've spoken about my woes with Twisby. Love Twisby products, but Mm -hmm. the the quality and reliability isn't fantastic at times. But Mm -hmm. they do have excellent customer service in in my own experience and an experience I've seen of others in replacing things. Um, I don't think I've got any more from that. I mean, Lamy, I've never had a problem with Lamy, ever. Mm -hmm. And I bought a Mm -hmm. bunch of stuff from them. But yeah. what I'm not including in that naturally is the 2000, which is one of the most unsure pens of reliability that you can possibly own. And you are including the 2000 in yours. Sure. 
Um, so that's a big difference. I mean, I've only ever bought sort of the low to mid-range Lamy stuff, which mm-hmm. seems to be more reliable, I guess, because of the manufacturing processes. Yeah, yeah. And um, actually, now that I, I think about it, I had some difficulties with my Lamy Studio, the 14-karat gold nib. I bought an extra fine nib, and it was just a flood of ink. It was like way wider than uh, what any of my steel extra fine Lamy Safaris were. And I had to get that, I got that nib modified and now it's wonderful, but still that was another one. So it seems the, to be the, for me, the Lamy gold nib pens have been the challenge for me while the steel nibs are pretty much great right out, right out the box. So, so. A, a complete unscientific yeah, uh, totally. thing. No, the thing would be to say that Lamy's really good at, at mass, mass manufacture, but once they start getting into the more, um, specific or and like boutique if it might be a word um mm-hmm. or limited edition type stuff stuff that doesn't sell as much as the regular steel like safaris and things that maybe their manufacturing processes are a little bit more um haphazard yeah maybe and that's what's kept i've always wanted the lamy dialogue 3 which is their retractable nib fountain pen but i've i don't know that i've ever read a good review of that pen and it's more hmm. from a design perspective, like it doesn't seal off at the end when the nibs retract it, so it dries out constantly. Yeah, and that's a yeah, that's that's, that's a that's, kind of a big deal. It makes it unusable. So I would have bought that pen years ago, and I kept reading reviews, and I was like, it's not getting any better. So I don't. Know, but like I, I, said, I would like a, to reiterate something you said, and especially with in regards to the pen chalet, is to contact them if you have a problem like this, mm-hmm. because it may be that you have a dud nib. And, Absolutely, and I'm sure that the, you know all of these vendors, like Jet Pens, Colt Pens, the Writing Desk, they're going to work with you to fix these mm. problems. Because I'm sure, I mean, I don't know this. Maybe you know better than I do. But they would just return that one to the vendor, uh, like to to the manufacturer. You know, yes, I'd so, say in general that's what's going to happen, and um, they'll go ahead and replace it, and they'll handle you know getting a swap out on their end. Um, but you know, from a customer service perspective, they'll just replace it for you. In general, that's what companies are going to do. That's like what I said, it's especially a- with these companies. That's what I've found because they're small, so it's really important. And especially with this community, uh, it's really, really beneficial to have good customer service, and because you're going to get repeat purchase mm-hmm. because we're addicts. Yep. So you're going to get repeat purchase. I-, I can't think of any one of these major pen websites that I've only bought from once. Yeah, that's true. Because that's true. for some reason or another I bought from them once and that other reason or another is going to appear again. Right. Uh, you know? Like right. price or availability or shipping speed or, you know, UK based, US based. Like I bought from all of them multiple times for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So yep. I you know, contact contact the the vendor and I'm sure they'll help you out. Yeah, and that's one of those things I think I mentioned it um, last week. I'm always willing to give a pen brand. I'm not talking about a retailer here. I'm talking about a brand like Pelican or Lamy or Pilot a second chance. Like if I get a, you know, have a bad experience the first time from a generally well-known company, you know, I'm not going to go out and, you know, eviscerate Lamy because I got a bum nib knowing that they have a great reputation for their products. Maybe I just got a bad one and that's going to happen some of the time time to time when you're dealing with the tolerances that you have to have for some of these products. Yeah, see that was gonna that be was, some variance. That was how I felt with Twisby until I have my third Twisby across three <laughs> across three different product lines break. 
Yep. So I had yep. a uh, five forty break. I had mm-hmm. a f- uh, five forty um, ROC break. Was it a five eighty? I might have had break the first time. And no, then the uh, five, they were both five, both were five generally, 40s. but they broke in different ways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I had a, a mini break as well, but I st- I still recommend them because right, I still exactly. think that because they broke after a lot of use, a yeah, lot of the, use. The five forties were historically bad, and Twisby has admitted as much, and that's why they don't make them anymore. Yep. <laughs> you know, and that's they why re- they replaced them with the five eighty. They replaced parts that I've asked for, and the mini I should have just contacted them rather than trying to fix it myself. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm an idiot like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so anyway. I I paid the the price that I paid is now I do I am no longer in possession of my own mini mm. because it had to be given to my girlfriend because I didn't fix it properly. Way to go! So now I now I don't own my own, <laughs> <laughs> which is the right thing to do. Absolutely, because I, I I went I went and broke it. Yep. So I got a um interesting link on Twitter this week, and I wanted to bring it up to you because you are world traveling, Mike Hurley. I mean, you just flew flew from London. You flew out of Heathrow when you went to WWDC to San Francisco. Did you stop anywhere in between? Uh, no, not on the way there. Okay, then on the way back, did you fly through anywhere? I went to Memphis, and then Memphis, oh, that's right. you had a- Memphis to Chicago, Chicago yeah. to home. So at any of these stops in some of the largest airports in the world, Heathrow, Chicago, um, SFO, did you ever run any across any uh, pin stationary fancy goodness? Not particularly. Um, I must say though, on that front, I, there's a there's a brand in the UK called the Pen Shop, and they mm-hmm. sell very very expensive stuff. And I walked into one of their stores the other day and nearly walked out laughing <laughs> because of the prices. It, yeah. it just like I was looking at um, Pelican prices, sure. Uh, and I was with my special lady, and I was like, I know about three different companies two of which sponsor me and have done in the past that you could get these like literally half price. Yeah. Like two for one. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, it's, it's disgusting. Like I yeah. think it's so bad. So our friend, uh, podcast friend, Doug at modern stationer, who's also been a uh, pen blog of the week. He sent this picture. He ran across at the uh, JFK airport in New York. Um, Muji, which we have talked about on these, on the show, the the big Japanese retailer has a great line of gel ink pens. And so he ran across the Muji store in JFK. They didn't just have their pens for sale at the airport shop in JFK, which is great enough. You know, that would have been, I would have been happy if I ran across a Muji store in an airport and could pick up some new gel pens. They actually had a build your own pen station at the airport with their Muji products. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. I mean, they could, they allow you to pick the color refill, the size refill, the pin barrel size, um, and and just kind of the whole the whole thing to put together the pin that you wanted. How cool is this picture? That I, it, it's not even at the Muji store, like at the flagship store in NYC. This is at the airport. I, I was I was really blown away. There's a Muji store in London. I might have to try and get down there and take a look, see if they got it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to share this with everyone because I thought it was so neat. 
So now if uh, anyone's flying through JFK, which is a super, super big airport, um, you need to uh, go by and check this out. Um, it's it's pretty cool. I was very impressed that this was not at their, just at at, uh, at an airport shop um, by Muji. So good good job by them. And if anyone hasn't tried a Muji pen and they run across something like this, owe it to yourself to uh, pick one up. You can probably get one for about $3 and their gel ink pens are really good. They have an excellent 0.38 millimeter um, pen. It It's super, super good. So check this picture out and um, drool a little bit. <laughs> So, I googled Muji Pen London um, Build Your Own. Guess what one of the links takes me to? What? 23rd of February 2011. Muji Gel Standard Gel Ink Pen Plus a Build Your Own on thepenaddict.com from <laughs> a UK reader, Shabana, who mm -hmm. um, submitted that review for, huh. you, for you. Awesome. I'm so dense, I just didn't even realize that she she did it at a build-your-own station. I it knew she'd like done the it. review. So maybe she she did it in the UK, so I'll have to try and cool. take a look. That's awesome. Well, yeah, you need to get on that and see if they have the actually... Uh, I'm sure we'll hear some people that go to the Muji store regularly that they do have the build-your-own, but uh, I I couldn't believe it when I saw that at the, uh, at the airport, so that's cool. But uh, yeah, I'm everywhere in the Google, Mike. You surely are. <laughs> Can't, can't get rid of you. <laughs> can't shake it. But yeah, that was actually a really good review. Really good review. I love Muji pens. I need more. I need more. All right, so let's wrap it up on this one other thing that I'm sure, I don't know if it makes sense to you what I wrote in the show notes here. But as I was going through writing, actually some of my notes I wanted to put in our show notes document for this episode... I was using my Butcher Orange Field Notes, and I realized something, and I wanted to bring it up to you and to the listeners, that when I use a notebook, a piece of paper, a journal, a notepad, I never use more than three quarters of the page. Hmm. I noticed this. I've obviously been doing this for my entire life, but I've only noticed it now when I was going through this Butcher Orange and I was flipping to like the next blank page. Every page is like three quarters filled. And then I, I noticed like some of my other notes, just like my work notes on my desk, every page is no more than three quarters filled. I never use the full page. So are you a full page notes user? Does this even register on your in your brain? I get what you're saying. I'm flicking through some, a couple of field notes. I basically just use as much as it takes to for that one item. So, mm -hmm. like, I won't use one page for multiple things unless it's, like, just a scratch pad for the day. Mm -hmm. um, like, if I'm taking notes on something, if it only takes three lines, right, that's that mm -hmm. next page. Sure. So, probably on average, yeah, three quarters probably works out for me. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up to see what other people do and find out, you know, I... You know, I look online and I see some people, you know, are like full top to bottom, you know, using up generally every square inch of the page, at least, you know, vertically. And I've just, every page I own that has something written on it, I don't think I've ever used like the bottom quarter of the page for anything, even if it's a continuation of a topic or a note or something, it's onto the next page. And 
I don't know. I, it just struck me as I was going through this. So, and if anyone's um, if anyone's keeping track, I just ran through a book in two weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's fast. That's fast. Yeah, I'm still. I don't know. I'm probably only maybe a dozen pages into my Butcher Orange so far. So I'm using one of those That's special those special coal edition ones now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'll be writing in that tomorrow for the first time. Cool. Yeah, I'd be interested to know how that goes. I haven't cracked one of those open yet, but maybe soon. Maybe soon. So, anyway, I think that's all I got for this week, Mike. I know it's uh, we should have like a big 5x5 five five send-off episode, but um, seeing that you killed the show last week and they were back to like this week, I didn't have too much time to plan for it. You, you know, knew. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. So, yeah, this is our last episode on 5x5. Five five. Yep. Thank you so much a, to yeah. for Dan Benjamin for bringing over the show um, and for everything Absolutely. he's done with the show. Thank you to everyone who has joined as the show as a listener as part of it being on 5x5. Five five. I hope that you follow us into our new home. Um, again, as I mentioned, stay subscribed to the feed and you will get the new episodes of The Pen Addict as soon as they are ready to come out of the oven. Um, if you want to find the show notes for today's episode, go to 5x5.tv slash penaddict slash 115. Yes, 115. Got it, yep, yep. And we'll be back very soon. Um, until then, thank you all for listening. My name is Mike Curley. Say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>